This is the Horse Radio Network. This is Lesson 30 of the Equine Clicker 101 podcast on Horse Radio Network. Gate Aggression. Equine Clicker 101 is the podcast that takes you to the classroom to learn, practice clicker training for your horse. Please support our sponsors as they make the show possible. They are Jeffers Equine and Cavalier Feed. This is Shauna Karish, and in today's episode, I am going to talk about something that is kind of common, and that is gate aggression. I'm calling it gate aggression, but it's kind of resource guarding, mobbing at the gate, displacement, social hierarchy things between one or another, and what to do with it, and and how to, where does it come from, and what can we do about it? So we're going to, to get on to that today. That's our big topic. One of the things that people ask me quite often is where can I get those side buckets? Where can I get those clickers? Where can I get the target? Where can I get the book? Where can I get the the videos? Whatever it is. Well, you can go to my website. I do have a product page on my website and it is the website is www.on-target dash training.com. So you can learn more about things and you can look into those things and, and get a better idea about them. Uh, there, <laughs> the other things for all your other horse needs, you can go to Jeffers pet and equine. They have all sorts of things for all sorts of animals, including you, the rider or, and, and for in the barn too. So let's learn a little bit more about this lovely family run company. Jeffers Equine provides quality horse supplies at affordable prices. Located in Dothan, Alabama, Jeffers combines the best of both worlds. As a family-owned tack and supply company, you get the kind of customer service only a small business can offer. Yet, with Jeffers' combined buying power of pet, livestock, and equine e-commerce sites, you get a wide variety of products at reasonable prices. So when you need tack or supplies for your horse life, from draft to mini or casual trail to competitive sport, www.jeffersequine.com has you covered. All right. I think we've all experienced getting, we've all experienced horses mobbing us at the gate or horses displacing each other, chasing each other off. The sweetest horse all of a sudden has these pinned ears and, and is just, you know, nasty to another horse. And so this is not an uncommon thing. With the positive reinforcement, you get a little bit more where they really do want to come out and be the one who gets to do the session. So it is, it gets even more so sometimes. So there are things we can do. First, let's understand it a bit. This is also, it's a situation of resource guarding. And the more you know, different horses that have been in situations where maybe they haven't had enough food will be tend to be more resource guardy because it's been a, a scarce commodity. So there can be different things and it comes from their history sometimes. And it comes, we don't always know where it comes from or why they do it, but it is something that we can see. And so one of the things to keep in mind is they're 
everything they do is for a reason. They're not trying to be jerks, but they are trying to get what they feel they need. And that is the resources or there's lots of lots of resources, but it can be time with us. It can be their personal space. It can be food. It can be an area of the barn. It can be, you know, it can be all sorts of things. With the positive reinforcement, we do add in that they all love to do the positive reinforcement so they can be the ones they they want to come out and do the, the, the sessions. So teaching separations is really the best way to go. So so keeping in mind where it comes from is not them being malicious or them being mean. It is them trying to get what works for, for them. So like a horse who has been the bottom of the totem pole in another barn. And so he can't do anything. Everybody chases him off and that's, that's all there is to it. So, so he's learned to run. He's learned to take care of himself, but that it's, it's made the commodities, whatever they are, rather worse. So the resources aren't always available for him. He's the one that has to wait last to eat or go off to that pile of hay over there that nobody wants to go to or whatever it is. So then sometimes you move barns and they learn how to be, they, they start learning how to displace the other horses. And you can find that they will then learn that and be quite assertive with that. So once they learn that it works, it works for them. They've learned how to get what they want. So keep in mind that behavior has a very strong reinforcement history. And I always talk about if we want to change behavior, we need to change the reinforcement history because as we change the reinforcement history or rebalance those scales and have more weight on this new behavior, it that behavior will be their new choice. That's going to be the thing they want to do. So we have to decide what is a behavior and this is a, another thing that I use all the time. Technically, it's called a differential reinforcement of an incompatible behavior. I know it's dull. It, you're like, what? That's a big old word or a bunch of big old words. That's what it says in textbooks. Because remember, all of this is proven science. I didn't make it up. But in a nutshell, what it is, I'm going to pick a behavior that's incompatible with that behavior and try to build the reinforcement history with this new behavior. So they choose that one instead of this one that currently is their choice. So when the behavior, when the reinforcement history changes, they will make a different choice because they're going to find that one more reinforcing. So trying to figure out what behavior can replace this behavior, what behavior they can't do both. Like there's a little dog. He was a corgi from a family that I had stayed with for a while. And what he'd do, he'd bark at the door. And so somebody knocks at the door and he would go bark at the door. Well, the husband didn't really even notice because it was his dog and it just didn't bother him. He'd just talk over it to the guest. Well, the wife had a harder time with this because she's like, oh my gosh, it's so annoying. I can't hear him. I can't listen. Make your dog stop. And so it was this kind of self-fulfilling prophecy. You know, he was, he was getting, he felt like he was protecting. He liked the barking. He would, if he jumped on people, they would address him and even pet him or try to quiet him. And it was kind of, it just kept being reinforced. So I was there and I thought, well, this is right up my alley. So what I realized he couldn't do, he couldn't lay flat and bark. He could lay down and bark, but he couldn't get his chin on the ground and bark. So what I did is I set out to, when the doorbell rang, I would have him lay down and make it very, very, very reinforcing. But the thing is, 
I didn't do this. I, I, I worked on this laying down to make it his favorite behavior in the whole entire world separately so that he loves this behavior. So when we have excitement happening and I ask him, he's like, I have a strong reinforcement history with this behavior. I think I will give her this behavior. Now, it took a little bit until he started kind of realizing the choices and I'd, you know, do things to help set him up for success. And then I would come visit this whore, this this dog, this little corgi months later, years later, and he would, they had slick wood floors and he would come running to see me and about five feet away, he would lay down. So he would be laying down with momentum. So it's like he was sliding into home pace with his chin on the ground. So it was really, really cute, but it's, he knew this is what this lady likes. This is, there's people at the door. This is what I do now. So he starts learning that this behavior, but it takes the people to be a part of it is more reinforcing than the other behavior. Now, when I hear the doorbell, I start to lay down and think of doing that instead of the other. So what the tricky part is with that is we start to take that for granted because the annoying behavior tends to get our attention more than the good behavior. That's not so annoying. So it's not like, stop. So we need to really kind of train ourselves to pay attention and recognize these really good choices, these quiets, these relax, these whatever they might be. Now, one of the things that I find is the best way to do this, and keep in mind with the marine mammals, they were all social animals that lived in a social order. So they lived in big groups. So you have groups of animals, you have eight dolphins, you have, you know, five sea lions. So they would all be together in these certain pools or areas. So what we would do is when we wanted to work with one, we needed to do a separation and we needed to to be full of decorum. You know, you couldn't just have this wild roguish thing. And we're working on this with our donkeys right now because they are they're all over you and everywhere. We want them to be able to be together, but we also want to be able to do training sessions without it being such a mob scene. And and with horses, it can be quite dangerous because two horses going toe-to-toe, even just trying to displace each other, if we're in the way, we can get seriously injured. So what I do is I work on stationary targeting. I think stationary targeting, I am not exactly sure. I think it was lesson four. So what I recommend you do is work on the stationary targeting and really try to get that sorted out so that they are, they are good with that and they love that behavior, but do that by itself. So they see the stationary targeting, they know it, they like it, they know what to do. If you have a group of, um, horses or a group of animals, one of the things you can do is instead of, I just use those boat fenders and I will just teach them to go to specific sides for their boat fenders. But another thing you can do is use specific shapes, you know, so they, one has an X and the other has a big circle and you can get pot holders and cut them out and hang them on the fence. There's other things you can do and teach them. This is always yours. And this is always yours. So like with the otters, the otters had specific rocks they went to and they always went to those rocks with the dolphins and sea lions. We just said, you just go to wherever, just get up on your bed or just hold on a target until you're called out. And then bringing the one out and getting to the other one. So stationary targeting is really, really an important tool for this. So you can get that 
And when I'm preparing to get them where I want them to be able to work together, I need it to be so solid and so good and such a strong reinforcement history that when I introduce the second horse in there, that they both know it. They both learned it independently and there's a really strong reinforcement history with it. And then I also try to see, to be sure that those horses have known each other, can be together. Typically though, I'm working with a group that is living together. So I'm pulling them out individually to work on their targeting. And then I'm going to work with two. Let's say you have five horses. I would work each of them individually. Then I would work each different pair. So this one and this one. Okay. And then this one and this one. And then this one and that one, you know, so each of the pairs has worked together and can work together and shows they work together. And then the next thing we do is then start saying, okay, let's add a third one in and add a fourth one in. Now, one of the things that's trickier, I mean, tossing fish to a sea lion is much easier than tossing food to a horse. So we have a little bit of a challenge with the distance. So as we're doing separations or trying to get a place where they kind of station, even rudimentary stationing, I find the best thing is I get those big giant, I think they're those big giant feed tubs. They don't need to be tall. I even like them shallow, but they are you know, like Rubbermaid makes some really nice ones. And I put them on either side of the gate. So they're kind of far enough away, but I can chuck food from far away in there. So they have a place to go and a place to wait. So it becomes a kind of stationing. So you don't have to do everything being just stationary targeting. You can do it in a very basic way where you just teach them the food's going to come in that bin and pretty soon they learn just stay at the bin the food doesn't ever come from the person it only comes from the bin so they learn to station and stay at the bin there was a time in the one of the back dolphin lagoons and we had catwalks so they floated it was a natural lagoon where the dolphins lived and and pelicans would come whenever we were making up the food now, at first, there's only one pelican, so that was okay. So we're feeding the pelican, and that's okay. Kai became a little mascot, and then and it's, he started inviting his friends <laughs> until he had 24 friends. And so they're all around us, and they're tall, and they're snapping their big old beaks, you know, at trying to get the fish. I'm like, we're going to lose fingers. And so I said, okay, you guys, we can't feed the pelicans here. We just can't do it because they keep coming here and trying to get the food. So what we started doing, there's a little grassy hill not that far away. We started throwing fish on the hill, handfuls of fish on the hill. And pretty soon they all just stood on the hill because they knew this is where the food comes. These guys weren't trained. I mean, they were, but we got them conditioned to doing this, but it's not like it was a big involved thing. We just said the food always comes here. And pretty soon you see 24 little heads following you everywhere you go. And we just randomly throw the food over there and never had the food offered anymore from our hands. So you can do it in a very rudimentary way as well as a more sophisticated way. And one of the tricks, if you do it in a sophisticated way, well, we'll go into that more at a different time, is teaching them to get off of it. So we're going to talk today. I'm going to work with a couple horses and I'm going to do it in a very, I'm going to do it with two of our little donkeys in a very rudimentary way so that I can keep it kind of simple. 
because they're not they're not they're not in a place yet where the target is so strong for them. So, and another thing to keep in mind, and this seems very counterintuitive to people, what we did when we would be working with the sea lions, particularly, well, any of them, but the sea lions, we worked with intact bulls, so they will they can fight till death you know, during rut particularly. So there is a real displacement. It's usually a young little sea lion starts to live in this family with the bull and they grow up together and it's, they all just work it out and they are quite compatible together. But starting to get that little sea lion to be out there and work with the big guy and the big guy has learned I can displace that little sea lion and hopefully, and that's fun, just chasing him off, but maybe I could scare him from his fish. So what we do, I really focus on feeding the subdominant one first. So the one that's lower on the pecking order, but I am going to have eye contact be closest to the one that is kind of the antagonist, the one that tends to chase everybody else off, the one who tends to be a little bit of the the problem child. So I've got eye contact, I'm looking at him, I'm next to him, but I've got the other one over there and I'm throwing food over there. When he has his food, then I feed, 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 feed the big guy. Then a handful for the little guy, feed, feed, feed the big guy. So what I want to teach is that the the displacer, the the, the top guy, the one that chases everybody off, and it's not a lot of times the, the dominant as far as the the most confident leadery one, it is the one that chases everybody. It's the bully, you know? So once the bully is there and I start to get, I start to then move over, but I'm trying to teach him. He gets a little, you get a lot. I'm actually teaching him the behavior. If he eats, then you eat a lot. He eats, you stay, you get a lot. He eats, you stay until we can even this out and I can get further away and get myself to the gate where I can toss food to either of them neutrally. And it's already become a conditioned thing. Okay. So what we're going to do, we are going to get to it. I'm going to be working with two of our little donkeys who are, we have four donkeys, two minis and two goats all live together. It is mayhem. So I'm going to be working with Pickles and Pooh and <laughs> yeah, that's their name, Pickles and Pooh. And we're, I'm going to be, be teaching them a little bit of desensitization at the gate. So I'm going to have the two feed tubs on either side of me. What I want to do is start getting them where I can be at the gate and I can start to go move the gate a little bit and have a little bit of the beginning of desensitization and, and rudimentary stationing. So we're going to see where they are with this because I haven't a clue what this is going to be like. I have them separated and it, it wasn't, you know, it takes a bunch of people and trying to go here and luring them over and feeding them here and getting those there. And they go, no, wait, I need you too. And it's a mess. And I would like this to be more civilized. So this is kind of our, our latest focus. So I have them already separated out so I can work with them easily. So what I would recommend you do is if you have a big gaggle, I wouldn't work with a whole gaggle. I would work with two horses first. So get two horses in a place where you can work with the two of them. And for your own sake, I would work with not the most, you know, not the most dominant chaser antagonist and the least, you know, the most timid, quicker to run guy. See if you can't get kind of a couple 
forces that are a little bit more even together. Could be that's all you have and that's what you're going to work with and that's fine. But for your own sake to kind of get this worked out a little bit and get the idea and your own timing down, I would recommend you go with uh, ones that aren't quite as antagonistic. But sometimes we don't have that option. That's all we have. So go get your horses in a place, get your feed tubs where they're on either side of the gate so that you could do that. And if you need to you can set up mock gates in other places if you need to. If you need to go like to a, an arena where you can step in and out of that gate, you can do that. And sometimes starting this at some place other than their home gate can be better because they don't have the same association. So sometimes it's a way where they're like, I don't quite understand this gate doesn't mean the same as our home gate does. They already have that history. So that's something to keep in mind. But if you need to get them away from the others, take them into an arena where you can kind of maybe just go in and out the gate or bang the chain or whatever it is. Okay. So get yourself set up, get your food, get your targets, get your, uh, you know, just be ready. I always carry a target whether I think I'm going to use it or not. In this situation, I don't think I am, but I always have my target, my side bucket, my clicker. So I will see you in just a few minutes. Okay, go get ready. Alrighty, so here I am with Pickles and Pooh, our little miniature donkeys, and and they're very hairy right now because it's winter time, and so they're in, like I said, they're all separated. I have a gate that I am not really going to be going all the way in and out. What I'm going to try to do is set up and establish, and I'm going to kind of try to make it where Pickles stays on one side and Pooh stays on the other all the time. So I, it's not going to change. I just want them to stay where they are and to learn this is my feed tub. This is your feed tub for now. So at this early stage, I don't want them thinking, oh, let's go over here. I want them to stay where they are. And I will get to teaching them shapes for stationing proper. But this early stage, I just want to get them the idea that you stay by your feed tubs. So I'm going to go right in and I'm heading in there. And I right away, I hand fed each of them and I kept hand feeding poo while Pickles was over here and gave, there we go, I'm still walking and I got poo to the other side. So what I did is Pickles, we're right by the one feed tub. So I fed Pickles there and then I kept eye contact with poo. These two are pretty neutral. They're both actually pretty timid. So I reinforced and, and kind of drop some food there and it scatters in the feed tub. So I buy myself a little time because he's going around and trying to pick up all the little pieces. Meanwhile, I could keep feeding and walk Pooh over to her place. So now she's at her feed tub and I give her a handful. Now moving over to Pickles and giving Pickles a handful. And I'm moving back to Pooh and giving Pooh a handful. And I'm moving. So I'm going to go back over here to Pickles. Okay, so now they're eating their food. Okay, the, the feed tubs are about five feet, six feet from the gate. So it's it's enough that I can throw it and I keep throwing it because I want to learn this is just where the food comes. So I am keep throwing it as I talk and I've moved myself to the gate. So now I, I don't want to give myself too much time. So I'm waiting, I'm going to wait till they kind of 
I'm not going to give myself any time. So now I'm at the gate. What I want to do is I want to jiggle the gate. I want to have a little bit of activity because basically I want them to ignore everything but stay at their their basically giant feeder targets. So I keep feeding them in there. So they, and like I said, it scatters. So it becomes a little bit of a, a game there. And that is good. So I am at the gate. And now I gave them both just now a big handful so they can work on that a bit. And I'm going to rattle the chain to the gate because I want it to make a little bit of sound and I want it to be able to good. And so now I'm reinforcing it. You notice I'm not even using a clicker right now because I have my hands full and I'm not really trying to teach them something. This is rudimentary at this point. So I'm going to do that again. Okay, good. Now oh, I am going to, now I will get my clicker back out. No, I'm going to use my voice because I have two hands that are going pretty busy. So when they finish their food, I'm going to walk and call them to me. So I'm walking away from the gate. I don't want them to think to come to the gate yet because that is, I, I want the gate activity for a while to mean nothing. So I'm going to walk away for a little bit. Okay, I'm going to go over to Pickles because Pickles eats faster than poo. Pickles, come, Pickles. Good boy. Okay, come with me. And so he's coming with me and I'm going to reinforce him. And that's really good. So I'm using my hand targets and I'm walking over. Okay, now we're close to Pooh. So I'm going to ask her to come with me. Pooh, come on. And so now I use, and now I've walked them away. Now they're leading with me, and this is good. I'm going to reinforce them for the leading with me. Because I'm going to tell you, in short order, calling them off of these things is going to be as tricky as getting them to the things is right now. Okay, so that was great. So now I'm going to take them over and restart this cycle again. So I'm going to take poo first because we started at pickles last time. I'm going to take there here. So I'm reinforcing pickles to keep him with me and not diving into her food. So I'm going to get poo, poo a little bit and, and walk pick. Good, 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 good. Pickles, this is getting confusing. Pickles walked away from me a little bit, so I reinforced him quite a bit, and I could throw a little bit more for Pooh. But I kept Pickles kind of eating and realizing there's plenty of food coming here. Now I've got Pickles over to his feed tub, and I can throw their food again. So now they're both at their feed tubs, picking up, hoovering up their little pieces. And I'm going to go back to jiggling the gate. And that's great. I'm jiggling the gate. And okay, Pickles looked at me, but Pickles didn't really care. So that is good. And Pickles went back to good, went back to eating. Pooh hasn't looked at me at all. Pooh's like, food, what do I care? So that was great. So I'm going to give them both handfuls, big handfuls, and let them, I'm going to let that be for now. I don't need to to kind of belabor that point. It's a lot of food happening and they're miniature donkeys. So I am going to leave it there. And for these guys, I am just using hay pellets because they they need the most grassy, basic nothing because they are they're prone to being little tubbos. So I'm going to leave it there. It was a lot of food in short order and that's going to be it. I gave them both a jackpot or magnitude reinforcement in their respective things. I'm getting out of the picture.
So that's great. So I'm leaving. I am outside the gate. And that's all we're going to do with that for today because I think that was really good. And it's the beginning of conditioning. So get yourself to a good place. Get things kind of wrapped up. And I'll meet you back in the classroom. So get your horse to a safe place. Finish things up. Put them wherever you want to be. Get them their dinner. Get all your pieces in order so you can let that go and know they're in a good place. And I will meet you in a few minutes. And we will talk about where do we go from here. All righty. Well, homework obviously is an important part of any any learning process is, is wanting to be able to recall that, that information and where do we go from here. So we're going to talk a little bit more about homework in just a minute. But first, we're going to learn a little bit more about Cavalier feeds and its value. And it is a lower carb feed. It is a feed that can be used for for all sorts of equines but the or equids even but the uh there you go so let's learn more about cavalier feed they have a lot to offer and they're special they're they're different than other feed companies that we have here okay let's listen as we progress through the clicker training exercises we talk about feeding the horse each time you use the clicker sometimes most of the time I use feed, but sometimes I use treats. And I love the Cavalier feed and the Cavalier treats because they use the highest quality ingredients. I can feed a lot of it and I know it's healthy and a safe alternative to the highly processed feeds. So I think it's important that we can feel really comfortable about feeding a lot of the feed without thinking we're loading them down with sugar. And that's what you get with Cavalier. With the Cavalier feeds, you can also actually see the ingredients. So it looks like a cereal you and I would eat. And in fact, I've tasted it and it's pretty good. <laughs> and the best part is Cavalier's team is easy to work with. You can reach out to them through their website or Facebook page and a real life person will call you back to personally talk through your horse's nutritional needs. Learn more about the products at www.cavalier.us or reach out to them through their Facebook page, Cavalier North America. You'll be glad you did. Okay. So, as you can see, that was very basic, and, and it is a rudimentary thing. It is not fancy, technical, super detail-y. It is really, it's conditioning more than anything. We're trying to condition them to stay at those big, giant places, that this is their, their stationing place. The food is going to come to you. So, the next thing I would want to be able to do with them is be able to move the gate a little bit more. So, so maybe I can go in and go out and go in and go out. And another piece that I'm also going to work on is, so I want to do that where I increase the activity and I want to start very little by very little increasing the time they hold without necessarily having food. So when I see them kind of go, okay, I'm done. I want to see them wait there for that split second and I'll throw another handful. So I want to start getting it where I can see that they're thinking, stay here, not go back to the human. But it can take a little bit before they get there. So don't push that. Let that be working on the gate desensitization first where they start learning my food always comes to me. 
I don't go get the food. And you'll notice I didn't in the beginning even go to them to feed. I threw food so that I want them to think more about the feed tub than they think about me being the deliverer of that. Because if I'm always delivering the food, then they think I need to be with the human. So I want to go see the human. So I kind of tried to disconnect me from that and said, no, this is about the feed tub. This is about the feed tub. So I, for now, want to disconnect from that a little bit. But when I can go in and out of the gate and I can walk little circles around and I can flap my arms a little bit and I'm still keeping them pretty fed through this initial part because they will have a propensity, just your activity, they start thinking, I want to do a session and they can leave because that looks more exciting than anything because when they've done sessions, they quite like them. They, they know food is pretty readily available, so they, they've been conditioned and want to do it. So I want to build up where I can flap my arms, I can stomp my feet, I can go in, I can go out, I can jiggle the gate, and they keep holding and, and building up a little bit of duration where maybe they're just waiting in between without quite so quick to feed them. So that's going to be really the next place we go. After that, I will start being where I will go a little bit towards one and then towards the other. So now after that, I'm going to integrate me back into the feeding process a little bit because I need each of them to see me be with the other donkey and not feel like I got to get over there. They're getting something I'm not, you know, so that that's, so I make sure they have a good handful. And then as I go over and deliver the handful to this one, then I'm going to go back over and deliver the handful for the other. So they really start realizing they're not, that they stay where they are. They're not trying to see me as the resource they need to guard or stay with. And they can also see me working or being with another and realize I stay here and I get food. So I start that by simply taking a step in their direction and feeding and then a step in the other direction and feeding. So they start to kind of get that little by little. Remember, it's always about those successive approximations, those little teeny tiny steps that we can break it down to. So if something's not working, it means you need to break it down to a smaller step and build a stronger reinforcement history with that behavior. So it doesn't mean, and, so, and and pickles may learn faster than poo or vice versa. So it could be that I have to stick in this place a little bit longer because poo's not getting it. And so it, and everybody's pace is their pace. It doesn't mean they're dumb or you're a bad trainer. Just some of them have different histories and they need, they're going to take longer to get this sorted out or to build a stronger reinforcement history. So take the time it needs till you can do those pieces. And when that part's going good, so let's say we have four donkeys. So the next thing I would do is start working, bringing, I can do the same exercise with two new donkeys, or I could bring one other into it. Eeyore is our donkey who is a little bit bossier. So when I go, not, but he is quicker to displays. He's quicker to demand attention. So what I'll do in that situation, I'm going to help him to, I, if I have a strong one on the other side, I can pay a little bit more attention to Eeyore because Pickles, for example, would be doing so well and was strong with that. He has the association. So bringing him in to a really strong situation, we have the reinforcement history. It lets me focus a little bit more on Eeyore who might need a little bit more focus and help. And then so you can mix the different groups and, and start until that's good. 
Then I'd go to three groups or three donkeys. And then I go to four donkeys. And if you can, a lot of times I will use those big giant feeders, even for horses, where it'll be two and two, where I try to figure out what two will eat together the best. And so there's enough room in there that they can still be hoovering that stuff learn that plenty more is coming. So as I move to four, I'm going to try and figure out who is the most compatible on either side that I can do this and they, and they can work together. And if not, I would go to three feeders. Anyway, and the stationary targeting is a more sophisticated way to go. That's where we're going to go from here. But from now, for now, I just want this rudimentary getting them the idea. So that's your homework is to, to work on those pieces and, and watch and get the, that activity in between. One other thing that's going to happen is once you get them where they're good at staying, the next thing you're going to want to do, and you can walk around and they kind of just wait by their feed tub and they've learned to stay there without having food all the time, is the next thing I start doing, and you can work this separately, is hand targets. So a lot of times I use a hand, an open flat hand target and their name. So I say, poo. And Pooh sees the hand target and he learns when I hear my name, I come to that human. So this is going to be tricky at first because they'll get a little bit stuck on their places. So I will go over after I can go from one to the other and they've learned to stay and be okay with it. I will just ask Pooh to lift his head, her head. So I'll say Pooh and as Pooh lifts her head, I'll click and reinforce her inner tub. Um, and, and actually, I could reinforce her from my hand because what I need is for me to be able to call one away and be able to reinforce. And then I'll reinforce and reinforce. I can take Poo to the gate with me, reinforce pickles, reinforce pickles, and then send pickles, Poo back to their feeder and then do the same with pickles till I can be at the gate and call one off and then send them back. So there you go. That's it. All right. Well. You, and it's a lot of fun, really, but it can be chaotic. All right. You can listen uh, to this or other episodes or lessons on most of your favorite podcast players. You can listen on the Horse Radio Network app, which is available for iPhones and Android products. Uh, just just search Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It is free. And, of course, it's easy to use. Apps make it very easy to get right to things. And that's without having to go search around. So that's a great way to go. Be sure to visit the great shows on Horse Radio Network at www.horseradionetwork.com because there's a ton of them. There's really a lot of fun things on there. And there's even an auditor's group. But there's lots and lots of fun shows for different people and different things. There's always things going on. And it is, it's a hoot. So go check it out. Peruse those and, and find something you like. And and, and start listening. If you want to learn about more about me or what I'm up to, you can go to www.on-target-training.com. You can listen, of course, to the podcast there. I have a tab for that, but I also have a tab for my Ask Shauna's, which is a lot of place I've had a lot of people from the podcast sending me uh, questions and stuff. So we, I talk about those. So you can listen and watch questions. So there's a tabs on their products, whatever. You can also find out what I'm up to and what I'm doing because I'm, I'm, I live and work at uh, Terra Nova Training Center. So T-E-R-R-A 
T-E-R-R-A-N-O-V-A, Terra Nova Training Center. And you can go there to find out our schedule, what I'm up to, when I'm doing things, when we're doing things as a group. And you can also just sign up for the newsletter and it'll keep you abreast of those things. So there's some resources for you to go to. And until next time, you enjoy getting your horse on target. <music>